Hello, I'm Steve, the retired criminal investigator with the Air Force Office of Special Investigations, the Federal Law Enforcement Agency of the United States Air Force. I'm Hannah, the amateur true crime enthusiast. I've been fascinated with my dad's job, and I love starting conversations with him to learn more. Join us each week as we share these conversations with you and discuss a real criminal case that piques our interest. Hello, welcome back, archivists. Welcome back, everybody. Today is part two of the United Data Connect and Metro Denver Crime Stoppers collab. We are talking about Jeannie Moore. Yes. That, so, was, that was good. That, and last week was the first one, Sylvia Quayle. Yep. So just to recap, what we're talking about is these two companies, United Data Connect and the Metro Denver Crime Stoppers. Uh, United Data Connect is a private genetic genealogy company. And then the Metro Denver Crime Stoppers, they have, they're a nonprofit that just non-profit, yep. works on cold cases. They have teamed up together. It's Mitch Morrissey and Mike Mills. Mitch Morrissey is the former Denver DA, and they've teamed up to work on these five pilot program cases is what they're calling them, mm-hmm. essentially. So they're just they want to solve five cold cases uh, and they want to get it out there in the public and just they want to they want to get some cold cases solved. So that mm-hmm. is essentially what these next few cases that we're talking about are going to be about. And they are all genetic genealogy cases. So we're not always going to have a resolution at the end of the episode, unfortunately. And this episode is going to kind of be like that. So my apologies in advance. I know a lot of people don't like, I don't like not having resolutions, but this is still good to get this information out. Mm-hmm. So no, we, this is it's No, this is good. Yeah. Jeannie Moore is who we are talking about today. And again, also as a reminder, I forgot to say, all of these cases take place in Colorado. And roughly mm-hmm. about the same time. So we're talking about 1981, August also. Last week we talked about 1981 in August. Mm-hmm. just happens to be two different counties. So we're in Jefferson County, Colorado this week. Jeannie Moore was 18 years old at the time of her murder in 1981. She lived with her mom and two sisters. Uh, she did have six siblings, though. There's not a whole lot of information on all the siblings. Again, the, you know, the investigators on this case are being kind of tight lipped. The family has wanted some privacy. So and then the family members of the murderer who is involved also wanted Mm. some privacy. So kind of skipping ahead. So there's not a whole lot of information on her family. It seems like so I think the what we've been noticing is when there's not much about the siblings and the family and things like that, they're not really involved. They, yeah. They're not really involved, whether they had been investigated or not, or as being part of it. They're they're not involved. When you can't find any information of them, that's that's typically the case. So on August twenty fifth, nineteen eighty one, Jeannie Moore decided to hitchhike to work, which apparently she was known to do this. It was a pretty common occurrence for her. She worked at a gas station near Thirteenth and Wadsworth. Boulevard, which is in Jefferson County, like I mentioned, and it is a gas station that still exists. That gas station is still there. Now, her home was close to I-70, so we have four eyewitnesses say that they saw her get into an older Ford Galaxy or LTD that was red near the on-ramp at Harlan Street. Now, when I was like reading about the gas station and listening to the press conference, 
it did say that the gas station was also close to Harlan Street, so I don't think she was very far away from work at this point. Uh, they also noted that the driver had to help and open the passenger door for her, mm-hmm. and this is indeed the last time that she was seen. So about 30 minutes after all of these eyewitnesses report seeing her, uh, her manager calls her mom because she hasn't come into work yet, and mm-hmm. this is, you know, she's 30 minutes late. It's kind of unusual. Uh, so her mom then calls the police, obviously, and that's when they start investigating. Five days later, on August 30th, her body was found in Janice Park, which is south of I-70, by some picnickers, is what they were called. So some Mm -hmm. people that were out picnicking. It's just 17 and a half miles away from her home. And she died from blows to the head. It was clear that she had been beaten and sexually assaulted. Jeez. Yep. It's a blunt force trauma. Can you just step back again for me real quick? She got into the car with somebody or someone was yeah, helping so her? Yeah, so she was hi- hitchhiking. Hitchhiking. So oh, she was known we, we to have, hitchhike. We have one of yeah. those. We had a, remember the Jersey, the case up in Jersey, right? We've had quite a couple. Yeah, okay. The uh, John Doe that we, the kid, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, when they found, they yep. identified his body. That was kind of a... He hitchhiked. Uh, a, yeah. Okay, so... That was genetic genealogy identifying a, a John Doe, John Doe and not yeah. just a murder, yeah. Okay, so there's witnesses that saw her. Four. Four witnesses. Do they all know each other, those witnesses? Unclear. Yeah, okay. But, you know, the idea behind that is if it's four, four family members standing together. It did it's, say it's it was really two f- women and two male. Okay. So it, if they're all standing together, it's really only as good as one one witness. You know what I mean? It's nicer yeah. if you have four witnesses that weren't around each other at, at different times or from a different angle witness this. That's That's a little bit better. It's unclear. Because again, it, did the you know did the police say that they were looking, like w- did they know her? And again, she was close to her work, so did yeah, were they know. just sitting at the gas station and they saw her? You they know what I mean? Canvassed the area and and, they, and oh, so they that's still there. so there could have been four people at the gas station walking in and out at the same time. So that's yeah. that's that's interesting. Yeah, all right. So they probably have four good witnesses. Okay, and they found her body. What was that scene like? Did they talk about that? She was, she, no, not really. She was okay. just laying in the woods in Janice Park, south of I-70. And these people were picnicking. So it doesn't sound like it, they were super deep into the woods, you know. Mm-hmm. It's kind of out in the open. And she had very clearly been beaten and sexually assaulted. Wow. It does say that DNA and other evidence was collected. However, that's all it says. It's They're not specific okay. on what DNA they collected. If it was a sexual assault, though, I'm assuming they took... Yeah, clothing. Uh, they 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 kept all that stuff, right? As we've learned in some of our older cases, they they would scrape fingernails. They would take that stuff, mm-hmm. take the clothes, underwear, things like that. That's probably what they pulled out of the box and and sent it to the lab and said, "Hey, can can you examine this?" Or in this case, the lab said, "Hey, let us see what's going on." Right. All right. So it goes cold right away. Pretty much, yeah. They there's there's nothing else I mm-hmm. think other than. Again, the eyewitnesses or the people that they talked to, that's really all they have to go on. So in 2008, the evidence is reexamined. Nothing comes of that. Mm-hmm. 2011, the DNA profile that they have from all of the evidence in the crime scene is uploaded to CODIS. Can you guess the outcome of that? What year? 2011. No match. I was making a... Oh, 
yeah, okay. joke because every time DNA is uploaded to CODIS, there's no match. <laughs> yeah, there's no match. It's <laughs> yeah. not TV, kids. Yeah. It's not TV. There's, even in TV, they barely so have So 2011. Matches. So they have a DNA. Uh, they have DNA. They got a profile. Yep. That's uh, that's what it said in 1981. DNA and other evidence was collected. So they definitely yeah, have. I, just, I guess my question is. Did they know they had DNA? I'd like to know if they knew they had DNA in 1981, or is that just are these talking points that have regurgitated? And they, when they picked the case back up, they sent it in. Then they got DNA, so they refer them back. Say, oh, DNA was collected. Right. You know well, what I'm it saying? says. I mean, in, in 2008, it does say evidence is reexamined. Okay, so 2008, and then 2011 is DNA profile is okay. uploaded to CODIS. Uh, so maybe okay. they didn't get the DNA profile until 2008. Yeah. So, so w- let's. I think we can presume it, it went cold from 81 to 2008. Mm-hmm. And then they said, hey, let's look. And they resubmitted evidence and reexamined. And that by 2011, they were saying, hey, we, you think we can get some DNA off of this? Probably through the advancements. They probably had to scrape, close, swab some areas. Probably through the advancement of DNA, they ended up getting yeah. a, a profile. Because, okay. again, like we've talked about, like when you reexamine, you can sometimes find – DNA on pieces of clothing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that weren't there. Remember the boot that one time that we talked about? Yeah, yeah, r- that's that's exactly my point, right? I think she was a hitchhiker, wasn't she? Or riding her bike? Yeah, she yeah. was riding her bike. So that's my point. They collected the boot in that case, right? Can't think of her name. She was. They the had one, collected the boot yeah. and then they reexamined it in the and, 2000s. And, and, and that's then where they, they said, "Oh, it. there's a spot we can swab that for DNA." Mm-hmm. But they wouldn't have known that in the 70s or whatever that case was. 80s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was the one she ride. She was going to her horse stable to ride a horse. Yeah, uh, so that's what I'm talking about. So that, those kind of things were probably happening. They were collecting evidence, right? And as advancement in DNA took place, cold case detectives would would send it in and, and say, "Hey, can you take a look at this? Oh yeah, we can get some DNA off of this." So, yep. Okay. So then again, you know, it's uploaded in 2011 to CODIS, but there's no match, so it kind of goes cold again. It does go cold again. Because at this point, you know, 2011, all we can do is DNA, right? So May of 2019 is when, remember, Mitch Morrissey reaches out to Mike Mills about funding. What year was that again? 2019. 19. This is when Mitch Morrissey. So this is going to be the first case that is solved with these Okay. Two. And be, just a, a recap. Maybe I don't think we said this last time, but he he co-founded United Data Connect in 2017 when he left the DA's office. So so oh, this company right. I did is not say that. so this company is still fairly new. Fairly new. So this is why they're they're embarking on this uh project which is very very smart. Yeah, I think that's cool. He yeah. left the DA's office and then he's like, "I'm not done. Let's yeah. let's do something with yep. genetic genealogy." I uh-huh. think that's pretty cool. Yep. So he reaches out to Mike Mills at the Metro Denver Crime Stoppers and they decide to fund and work with them. Two private companies working to uh, solve genetic genealogy cases. Again, law enforcement has to reach out to them, really. So they have to kind of be the ones to like mm-hmm. get people to reach out with them. It's, remember, I said I think that's why they publicized this. They mm-hmm. were like, "We're going to do this," so people would reach out to them. So now there's been no yeah. DNA match since 2011. There's been no match in CODIS. I'm assuming. Coming from your viewpoint, you would continue to check over the years, right? To see if right. this, so this person it, has offended. Right. So they have a, they have DNA, right? We got a DNA. DNA profile. A profile? Yeah, a yeah. Profile? Okay. And, but it's cold. There's absolutely no more leads. There's, there's nowhere to go. They've exhausted everything. 
Yep. Yeah, it's you, you can only do what you can do and you just um So is that what you would do over the years is just like periodically check? Well, I think what happens is as advancements in DA D, DA DNA became known then they'd go then, back then the, the cold case teams would say, "Hey, what do we have that we can that we can look at and go send?" And then of course it's it's budget and funding, yeah. y- you know, because labs cost money. But you so can't just go run it through CODIS every so often just in case. You can. You you can. But at some point, that case is going to go in the box, on the shelf, and you're going to move to the next one that you gotta you got to work, right? I feel like there should be someone at the police so, department that is ju- that's just their job is just to run yeah. cases through CODIS yeah, every yeah, so often. That's a good often. idea. It's a, it's a good idea. Maybe they yeah. do. Maybe some departments do, depending on... Look, I'm creating jobs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's good. That's good. I'm going to yeah. call up every police department so, and be like, you need to have someone that does this. Right. So... What year? The 2011? That was and when was the DNA profile is originally uploaded to CODIS. And, and there's no match. And there's no match. So that's good. That means probably nobody's in the system. Why is that good? That's not good. That's because that's more than 10 someone. years. That's more than 10 years after like CODIS was really a thing, right? Right. So, so that I mean, means hopefully he hasn't oh, you're right. I, I, no, 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 you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm like, why is that a no, good no. thing? No, 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 no. I, you're right. I, correct. <laughs> that that's not it's it's it sucks because they don't have a lead yeah but i guess what i'm saying is that's good because it's not like 1998 right where somebody might be in the system and they might have missed them mm, yeah, yeah, what yeah. i'm saying is it's probably a hundred percent it's probably a hundred percent of bad guys in the system have their dna in in codis mm. so that means they can rule that out gotcha. the, they can rule out any known bad guys that, that gotcha. are in the system Okay. I think, but let's see who the bad guy is. Let's see what happens. So, 2000, May 2019, that's where we were. That's what I was talking about before we stopped. Yeah, okay. Was the United Data Connect, the the Mitch Morrissey and Mike Mills. Okay, so this is when they have their original conversation. Mm-hmm. Spoiler, I think I mentioned this last week. This case is the first case that these this collab collaboration is going to solve with this method yeah okay we just together. liked the other case first so we did that one it first but this is the first one we didn't like it e- more or less it was just the first one that popped up when i was oh. doing my research oh. <laughs> that's the first one oh, that I'm i did to, i'm trying to make it sound exciting and you just you know okay i don't want to say we like one more than the other <laughs> oh you're right we don't like any oh, of that's this fair, that's a fair point okay jeez <laughs> okay that's a fair point <laughs> all right i cut you some slack because this is your job you got to be like <laughs> okay you know anyway they are going to go help the Colorado Bureau of Investigations and Jefferson County Sheriff's Office do, to do the genetic genealogy. So now we, in this case, have the, the, the Bureau of Investigations in on this also. Uh-huh. This leads them to the family tree of Donald Stephen Perea. Now, from him, they found his a biological daughter. So again, they kind of like worked backwards where they found his family tree and they had to right eliminate. Yes, and and we've talked about that. Yes. So so that's in the law. That's known as the third party. Right. Now, he has passed away. He mm-hmm. died May of 2012. Right. So they did just go to his his biological daughter. Now we've talked about this before in another one. They normally would, and they did say this, normally they would exhume the body to test, you know, if he's buried, not cremated. They would exhume his body to 
test his DNA against their crime scene evidence. Mm-hmm. However, the statistic they get, so they do a reverse paternity on his biological daughter. And the statistic they get, they're able to determine that he is 3.3 trillion times more likely to have been the murderer. So because of that, they don't see the value in exhuming his right. body. Okay, so who's the third party again? His his a biological daughter. His biological biological daughter. And she is completely cooperative. The whole family they said and, have been cooperative. And, and they she, also want their privacy. So, and, and, but she gives DNA. Then. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's so cooperating. She's, yeah, sure. Cooperating. Uh, so they don't talk. Uh, I bet she's estranged. She'd been estranged from her dad, probably. I didn't really get that no, vibe get from what vibe. they were saying because they were like they want their privacy. Mm-hmm. But I think that they made that decision because of that statistic. They said yeah. we're not going to exhume his body because that's also going to be kind of painful for his family. Mm-hmm. You know, and they they make a point to say he is not, you know, his family right. is After not After they him. got her DNA, they probably have enough to get a warrant to force the exhumation but, but they choose not to and, because and, it's... And you said the family was cooperative, so they probably yeah, yeah. would have done it, but they choose not yeah, yeah. to because of that. Okay. Because of the statistic. It literally says 3.3 trillion times more likely to have been the murderer. So literally no yeah, one else. Yep, yep. This is all working towards case precedents too, you know? Yeah, and again, like I said yeah. last week, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Colorado is the next step, uh, the next state after this yeah. collaboration mm-hmm. to make a law, especially after this. All right, so... so so go ahead. Sorry. No, no. So they they believe they have their guy. Yep. And you know they look at his history. He has a history of sexual violence also and assault. He had actually been out on bond for a different violent sexual assault in Westminster when he committed this murder. He was in prison from 1982 to 1985. So he went to prison for a few years right after this murder, but he had been on bond. Mm. So, like, he'd been out on bail. Yeah, so this adds to the whole three trillion thing, too, right? He has a history of, yeah. of sex assault. So, And again, it's crazy. He had been in prison, but before CODIS. So he, w- he was a felon, yeah. right? Yeah. But it was before CODIS. Right. So this he is, never had yeah. to go back in. And that's see, that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like maybe people who were in, especially for violent crimes before CODIS, even if they've been out all this time, I feel like they should still have to submit their, their DNA. You know what I mean? Oh, but the thing is, every time we bring one of these cases up, the person offends again. They're, they're, right, back in the, they're right back in the that system. That we know of in this. Oh, that's so a that's fair what I'm point. saying. This like, is one, yeah. Yeah, that's ah, what I'm that's saying. Like, point. He, was, he was in prison for violent sexual assaults. He's a yeah, felon. Yeah. He was a felon. So I feel like they should have been like, Hey, you have to because felons yeah, don't have just, a lot it of doesn't, but it doesn't rights, work that way. Right? It, but it doesn't know, work that but way. I'm saying it should. That's what I'm saying. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way. You know. I know. I'm just saying yeah. it should. I, I know what theoretically, you're saying. Yeah. I got what you're saying. Yeah. Because then this case could have been solved. A long so time ago. what if? Okay. So then, then you feel like he they should have got the death penalty if that's what no. what it used to be. Oh, oh. That's oh. a completely unrelated oh. topic. That's oh. completely unrelated. Oh. oh. Why are you that's completely <laughs> unrelated <coughs> though because I'm just saying he was a felon before Codis. He sh- he still has you still have felonies don't just go away, right? You have to live with that for the rest of your life. No, you pay your debt. But you're still a felon. 
you felons can't vote. Felons can't have firearms. I understand that's that. for the rest of their life, right? And you think they should have had to? So he should have had to go back in when they created and developed CODIS. Uh, well, I, and they I, I suppose. Said, Listen, you're a felon. This is gonna. You, you can't have a firearm. Wonder, you can't vote. We need your DNA to have on file. I wonder if that's completely unrelated to the death penalty. <laughs> I wonder if if you're on parole or probation, meet the probation officer if you'd have to submit DNA. But here's the thing: that's yeah, yeah so they it was they don't. Probation, how long they is don't, that for? Yeah, I see your point. That's just yeah, it's just not how it works. So. I know. All right, but it would be it would solve a lot of problems. Again, maybe you should call up every police department and be like, yeah, let's get so all these old felons they, from the '80s. So do they close this case then, or what do they what do they do? Yeah, because he yeah, they don't exhume. Well, e- well, either case, they yeah they don't exhume the body, and they just um they pro- they probably ruled out every single other option, every everything. They probably ruled out. I I'm willing to bet they probably went to every family member and got DNA and just just ruled it out. You know what I mean? They only specifically say the bio daughter. Yeah. I can also link the press release, the press conference for this one also. Okay, yeah. But they do say that they are pretty, they're very confident that this is who the murderer was. And they cite that statistic. That statistic is really what's giving them the go ahead to say this is him. I mean, they plastered his face on that press conference. So they rely on that mostly then? That statistic? Yeah. Yeah, which is the reverse paternity from his bio daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously they still did their research. Like we said, we know he is a violent sexual offender. Yeah, so that, that all adds up. Yeah, it all adds up. Yeah, but in, you know that statistic I think is really what's giving them the go ahead like to say, yeah, to say that he was definitely the murderer. Uh, last week, I do want to say, remember we talked about like how this is used as the lead for law enforcement yep i think i said last week i misquoted myself it was i said mitch morrissey is the one that said this yeah it was actually jeff schrader who is the jefferson county sheriff Mm -hmm. uh he's the one that was doing the press conference he's the one that comes out and says listen genetic genealogy here is only pursued as a lead Mm -hmm. much more work is done to verify this lead yeah so he said when there's a match it's only pursued as a lead it's an investigative tool an investigative lead so just like any other lead there's been challenges. Any other investigative tool or activity has been challenged back and forth in court. You know, regular police business, the stop and frisk thing is, has been in and out of the courts. You know, obviously warrants, you know, interviews. Everything that's a lead in investigative, criminal investigative methodology has been challenged back and forth. And this just happens to be the one that, that is at the forefront now. And, and it's yeah. going to going to continue i mean i think it's pretty solid but it's it sounds like just the states are gonna depending on how the state lead how the state leans you know it will probably depend on if they enact legislation or or something like that you know we we examined maryland and montana and i don't think that they're crazy i don't think it's totally totally crazy no it's more it's more for the protection of the third party this would be a perfect example of that right right now, just to remind everybody, if this was one of those states, if it was Maryland, there's specific rules now about what they do with the DNA of his offspring, of his daughter. Right. right. And you can go back to our uh, DNA episode. Yes. That's not that far ago. Far, D- DNA far back. laws, right. DNA laws. DNA laws. Yeah. I'll look it up real to be able to tell everybody. But, but yeah, so they put, so what, what, what's important is, again, that 
her DNA. What do they do with her DNA once they solve this? That they was have to get rid of it. They, Montana. They turn it back to the police. You know, get rid of it or turn it back to the lab. I can't remember. Right. Right. Mon- but it, it was only one of them. Ma- Ma- only one of the states. Because right now, remember, right. only two states have laws: Maryland and Montana. No, I, I know. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. But it was only one of the states that said that it had to be destroyed. I, I know. I'm just saying that's yeah, yeah. like what it sounded right, like they have to determine. the other one didn't sound didn't say that but it kind of it made it it yeah. suggested that so that's what the laws sound like but um, also you know these private websites jedmatch family tree dna they you know i mentioned last week family tree dna i don't know i think that the wording was a little sus- suspect on their yeah. their website but you know jedmatch specifically caters to law enforcement if you yeah. go to their website it's plastered all over their website so yeah. essentially, if you're uploading your DNA to GEDmatch, you already know and are basically giving your consent mm-hmm. that your DNA could be used right. by law enforcement. November 22nd, it's the law was the episode. Yes. November 22nd, it's the law. Yes, that is our episode that covers the genetic genealogy laws that are in place so far. That's most. It's the episode led by dad. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, it, again, it'll be interesting. I'm probably going to say this for the next three weeks. It's going to be interesting to see uh, what Colorado does. Now, uh, as I mentioned, you know, Mitch Morrissey is the founder of United Data Connect, which is that genetic genealogy company. It's one of the third, you know, the private companies that is doing this whole pilot program. He, so this is actually the first case. Jeannie Moore is the first case to be solved under this collaboration with the Metro Denver Crime Stoppers. However, for his company, United Data Connect, it is actually their third murder that they have solved using mm-hmm. genetic or helped to have solved using genetic genealogy. So, like you said, he was he founded it in what, 2017? 17. So, fairly new. He's got three cases that he's helped to solve. One in California and one in Oregon also. And awesome. now this one in Colorado. Yeah. Which one's coming up next week? Okay, so next week we're going to be talking about Helen Prusinski. Might be Helene Prusinski. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten okay. the correct pronunciation on that. So just a little. And that'll be the third episode in the United Data Connect. And that Metro takes place in 1980. That's the third one in our uh, yeah in our collaboration. Our okay, collab- cool, awesome. Yeah. So again, go back and listen to last week's episode for a more in-depth. Uh, explanation on UDC and Metro Denver Crime Stoppers mm-hmm. and this whole collaboration. This is the second week, so we're going to have three more for you guys to listen to about genetic genealogy and what these two private companies are doing. It's pretty yep. cool. Awesome. So you can follow us on Instagram at True Crime Archives Podcast. We're on Twitter at TC Archives Pod, and we're now on TikTok at True Crime Archives Podcast. Right? Podcast mm-hmm. or pod? Mm-hmm. We haven't. I don't know. <laughs> That's you. We're figuring out the, the TikTok thing. Okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. And go ahead and give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, a five-star review. If you would like to, we would love to hear your feedback. You can give us a rate and review on Anchor and Spotify as well. That just helps get us pushed out to more uh, listeners. And we just love to hear your feedback. And I think that's about it. You have anything else? No. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week. Later. Later.